Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name's Sean Coleman. After an unexpected, disappointing performance on Wednesday night, the Grizzlies bounce back with an unexpected come-from-behind victory against one of the better teams so far this season in the NBA and the Golden State Warriors. Why the emergence of John Morant and Desmond Bain once again was confirmed as being one of the best starting backcourts in the NBA, and this time around, why it was the defense that stood up and delivered a great development for the Grizzlies to build off of. That and much more on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome again to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, and wherever you're watching. Hope you're having a fantastic Friday afternoon. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me right here at StatsSAC on Twitter. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz, the podcast, wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we'll be. And you also can obviously find us here on YouTube. Make sure you listen, review, and subscribe via the podcast. It's free wherever you get your podcasts. And also hit that subscribe button below here on YouTube. Let us know you like the show. Let's others who enjoy great Grizzlies content define the show as well. Just makes the experience overall best for everybody who wants to enjoy great Grizzlies content. My name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credential media member with the Grizzlies. My fourth season covering the Grizzlies, your host here at Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every single day. want to thank you for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day, but also just in the same way you can find the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, check out the Locked on NBA podcast covering all the latest that's going around in the NBA, both on and off the court. Plenty of great storylines, plenty of great performances to enjoy. Also want to remind you of our title sponsor, McDonald's. Since 1965, McDonald's has been serving communities as not only a great source of food, but also a place to connect with others in the community. Make sure the next time you want to enjoy a good meal and good conversation, you go to the McDonald's in your community. So the Grizzlies, coming into after a week this past weekend, uh, or last weekend, the Grizzlies in Los Angeles had a very good series. You know, they beat the Clippers. They played very competitively with the Lakers a couple of days off. Going into Wednesday night and last night to end this very tough West Coast road trip to start the season, you had thought, I, I'm, I can only speak for myself, but I assume many would have felt that the Grizzlies' better chance to win these, uh, these two games against the Trailblazers and the Warriors considering how both those teams had been playing to start the season, you would think the Grizzlies' better chance to win was on Wednesday night. For the first half of the game against the Trailblazers, it looks like the Grizzlies were going to be in a position to win. But they obviously fell off one of the worst halves of basketball we've seen the Grizzlies play under Taylor Jenkins. But how did they respond? Well, it didn't look so good in the first quarter of last night's game. The Grizzlies went down 37-20. to Steph Curry had 14 points, looked without a doubt like the best player on the court. The Grizzlies' offense was out of sync. It looked like it was going to be another blowout loss for the Grizzlies to experience to end the West Coast swing. But the Grizzlies were able to immediately turn a 180 and take over the game, not offensively like they shown they could do early this season, but defensively, at least in the second half, to the point that they were able to keep the Warriors without the ability to consistently get going from three or in terms of their offense as a whole. Yes, Steph Curry had 36 total points, but there really was no other Warriors player who stepped up and was a significant scoring threat 
throughout the game. It was a tell of two different tapes for the Warriors in the first quarter when they scored 37 points, and then they scored only 64 points over the final three quarters. The Grizzlies outscored the Warriors 84-64 to over the final three quarters. Defense played a lot into that. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But the more exciting development, the most exciting development, in my opinion, was another great game from not only John Morant, who had 30 points, four steals, two threes, but also Desmond Bain. And in a season where we saw it earlier today, we saw Trey Young talk about how his numbers are down and how you know the lack of calls is certainly frustrating. It seems like that many backcourt stars in the league right now their numbers are down a bit this season. But in with that happening, it's actually the one-two combination of John Morant and Desmond Bain that are ascending to be one of the better starting backcourts in the league so far this year. John Morant averaging 30 points a game, Desmond Bain averaging 19 points a game. The Grizzlies are literally, literally getting 50 points of production tonight from John Morant and Desmond Bain. That's a big confidence booster for an offense that, though, initial results, initial production certainly is encouraging. This is still a young Grizzlies team trying to find their consistent, consistent offensive game plan. And when you've got 30 points a night from John Morant and 20 points a night from Desmond Bain, that certainly is a great place to start, a great place to build off of each game. And the other thing about it that's really standing out is that their games are perfect complements for one another. You know Jaw's going to have the ball in his hands. So his ability to get into the paint, to dominate, get to the rim, penetrate into the defense into the teeth of the defense, that is something that certainly stands out about his game. But what it does is that it obviously makes the defense collapse to where they have to focus on throwing so many, you know, where the opposition has to throw so many players and so many different looks at Jaw. Well then that opens up the perimeter for other Grizzlies to be able to find their shots, high percentage looks from three, which obviously is the bread and butter of Desmond Bain's game. And the Grizzlies are doing a great job of featuring the strengths of John Morant, but off of that, featuring the strengths of Desmond Bain. You have to feel that at the top of the Grizzlies' priority list, when it comes to how they frequently want for offensive possessions to end, it's either in John Moran's hands going to the basket or Desmond Bain getting a good look from three. And Desmond Bain right now averaging over eight three-point attempts per game is certainly a very good development. I had mentioned during the offseason that there should not be a game this year where if Desmond Bain is available, he has under five three-point attempts per game, and that is certainly something the Grizzlies are believing in right now in terms of Desmond Bain's overall performance. Now, it's hard to say that this is going to be maintained. It's hard to say that Jaw's going to continue to score 30 points on 54% shooting from the field and 40% from three. He may regress a bit, and that's expected as he puts together a bigger collection of games, the season progresses, defenses continue to adjust to how he's finding success. But even if he regresses slightly and Desmond Bain's overall production may go down a bit once Dylan Brooks comes back, I do think that this overall rate of production, the production rates of the combination of Jaw and Desmond Bain, it's not going to fall off as much as some might think. This is not a fluke, in my opinion. Because Desmond Bain right now, he's averaging 48% from the field, 41% from three, 87% from the free throw line. I think that if you look in the NBA, and you name the best players, the best bets among players that are under 25 years old in the league right now that could give you a 50-40-90 season, Desmond Bain would be one of the top 10 picks among that group. And he's right there right now, 48% from the field, 
80 or 41% from three and 87% from the free throw line. So while overall his shot attempts may go down a bit, I do think that the quality of his shots can certainly remain. And I do think also, obviously, even if Jaws field goal percentage falls down into the high 40s where it's been for most of his career. And even if his three-point production were to fall off into the mid-30s, that means that you may have seven, eight to maybe 10 points fall off their, uh, their, what the what Bain and Morant are producing right now. Even if their production does fall off a bit, I still think they're going to be a difference-making combination for this offense that gels so well with each other because they work off each other game off each other's games so well. So in other words, while it's great to see the production right now, and while it is expected that the numbers may regress just a bit, I do think many will be surprised that as time goes on, just how much both these players can sustain the overall quality of their production because Bain is shooting at, at percentages that he easily can maintain. And Jaw obviously seems like he's one of the best bets in the league right now to average 25 a game. So yes, the Grizzlies offense did fall off a bit over the past two nights, especially when it came to shooting the three. But the combination of John Morant and Desmond Bain emerging as one of the better starting backcourts in the NBA, hopefully that will stay true as we go further into the season. But the fact that those two are working so well together because their games gel so well together, the strengths of Morant opening up the opportunity for Bain to feature his strengths, that's a great development, and it's a consistency thing. Those two players being able to play at the level that they are playing, that gives the Grizzlies a very high floor to work with with their offense game in and game out, and that's how our offense can stay consistent, even if some other players were to struggle. And yes, some other players have struggled over the past two nights, including Jaron Jackson Jr. and DeAnthony Melton on offense, but it was that combination that was able to, at times, take over the game last night and make the difference the Grizzlies needed to get the victory. Before we discuss that, though, I want to remind you again of the title sponsor for this show, McDonald's. Listen, since 1965, McDonald's has offered generations it has offered generations in communities a place not only go to to enjoy food, but also to connect with the community. I can tell you this. I'm from a small town in Northwest Tennessee, been on this earth for over 30 years, but McDonald's has been a place that I've gone at every stage of my life. Remember having birthday parties there when I was a toddler. Remember going on first dates there, going to get a snack while I was studying in college. Now going to McDonald's is a place to feed my family. It is a great place for food, but it also is a wonderful place in the community to be able to connect with those that you care for. Maybe we could throw together a Grizzlies watch party, or you may just in general want to go there to catch up with some friends. Whatever it may be, McDonald's has been there both as a great source of food and a great place to connect for generations, and that should definitely stay the same going into the future. I know when you go to McDonald's, the first thing that you're going to think of when you eat their great food is I'm loving it. But in honor of John Morant, how about this? Ba-da-da-da-da, I'm loving it. You hear me? Make sure you check out McDonald's. It's a great source of in, of food to eat while you're watching the Grizzlies play basketball this season. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But it is Friday, and so this means that the weekend's right around the corner. Pro football on Sunday, college football on Saturday. Whatever team you cheer for when it comes to college or professional football, check out the Locked On Podcast Network show that represents that team. Great content, just like you get here at Locked On Grizzlies. I love listening to Locked On Titans and Locked On Balls. Whatever team you cheer for, make sure you listen to the Locked On Podcast Network NFL show and college football show of your choice as your second and third listen of the day. So as I mentioned, over the past two nights, 
The Grizzlies have mixed in a disappointing performance with an inspiring performance. There's, but one thing that has also been consistent is that the offense as a whole has fallen off a little bit. Shots just have not gone in. The Grizzlies have not taken advantage of the open looks that they had. As I mentioned on Twitter earlier today, before Wednesday night, there had only been two times in franchise history that the Grizzlies had attempted 48 or more threes. 48 hours later, that's doubled. The Grizzlies set a franchise record for most three-point attempts in a game with 50 on Wednesday night and followed it up with 48 last night. Now, that's probably not what the Grizzlies want to do every night. We know that they want to shoot the three more, but they're probably not going, they're probably not wanting to shoot. 53s a night because that's likely not the best outcome. That's likely not consistently finding the best look at the basket. They want to balance it more, you know, with the inside game supporting the three-point success. However, the thing that is encouraging is that even though the offense has fallen off a bit, though Desmond Bain certainly has been good from three, and John Morant once again showed up last night, the thing that stood out is that the Grizzlies now have been able to show they can still be competitive and find ways to win even if their offense is not performing at the level that it has been in the first week of the season. And last night, it was the defense. Listen, coming into this coming into this season, I do truly think that the overwhelming majority of people who follow Grizzlies basketball or know the Grizzlies' style of play under Taylor Jenkins, they would have said they had more faith in the defense than they did the offense since the defense last year was pretty consistent. But also, it was because of how good the depth of the Grizzlies' defense was that allowed for it to be a top-10 defense last year. At times, at times being a strong defense, creating turnovers, at others, defending the three. Well... The Grizzlies' defense certainly has struggled so far this year. It's been a bottom-five unit. You don't think that the absence of Dylan Brooks would make this defense fall off. He certainly is important, but he by far there by far is many more good defensive talents on this team. They just have been not been playing up to their potential so far this season. Well, last night, that potential and that production showed up. DeAnthony Melton, despite the fact that offensively he has struggled over the past two nights, the Anthony Milton did something last night that few people in the NBA have the capability of doing. He took over the game on defense. He was disrupting passes, blocking shots, four steals, three blocks on the night. He did a very good job in the second half, in my opinion, of staying with Steph Curry. Though Curry still got his points, he never really got into a rhythm where he was able to take over the game, especially late in the fourth quarter. And DeAnthony Melton was consistently able to disrupt the offensive flow that Golden State was trying to establish. But it wasn't just Melton. It was also Jaron Jackson Jr. It was also Ja Morant. For only the 15th time in franchise history, the Grizzlies produced 17 steals last night. Four from Morant, four from DeAnthony Melton. So it was an outstanding performance, not only from Melton, but the defense in general. They had been struggling on defense so far this season for many of the minutes that they had played. But when they needed to step up, when the Grizzlies knew that they had had a disappointing performance on Wednesday night and that the shot once again was not falling in the first half of last night, they shifted their focus towards featuring their defense and it made all the difference in the world. But it wasn't just a defense that stepped up, you know, at a time where people were starting to question what's wrong with it or how good was the Grizzlies defense actually going to be this season. Jaron Jackson Jr., who had been inconsistent so far this season, and the bench 
also stepped up. When the Grizzlies went down 37 to 20, and it looked like that the Grizzlies were going to be in store for a pretty big loss for the second straight night, it was the bench with Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five that really stepped up and made the difference. Jaron at the five, Kyle at the four, Tyus Jones at point guard. Jaron and Kyle were creating defensive disruptions to start the second quarter. Tyus was doing a great job keeping the Grizzlies defense or offense going efficiently. And Jaron was being featured on both ends of the court and clearly was the best player on the court at that time. And it made all the difference in the world. So the Grizzlies bench, which had been struggling coming into last night, and Jaron himself, though again, he didn't have his shot. When he needed to step up and deliver and be a difference maker, he did exactly that. It, in the start of the second quarter, it was on offense. In the, in the second half, it was on defense. So the fact that Jaron stepped up and the bench stepped up as well, it really allowed for the Grizzlies to be able to have areas of their, to have aspects of their team that had not been performing too well to start the season. That was the reason why they were able to win the game. And that answers the question, in my opinion, that the Grizzlies now have proof they can win games against good teams in multiple ways. Obviously, if the offense is performing at a high level, the three-point shot is falling, you certainly want that to be a week, uh, the reason you win most games because that means that the area of the Grizzlies that was more in question than the defense coming into this season actually has stepped up and is delivering good results. But if for whatever reason the offense is not able to perform at the level that you hope it would, it's very, very reassuring and encouraging that the defense can step up and deliver at a level that it needs to to get a win. And that's exactly what happened last night. Holding the Warriors to only 64 points over the final three quarters, creating turnovers, creating disruption, possession after possession after possession. And through that, though the Grizzlies' half-court offense or their set plays were not leading to good shots, the fact that they were able to get out on the run because they caused so many turnovers really allowed for them to be able to still find offensive success. And it's no small feat that the Grizzlies were able to force 22 or 22 Golden State turnovers last night. Golden State came into last night's game as arguably the most disciplined team in the NBA. They were top five in terms of fewest turnovers or fewest steals allowed per game and fewest blocks allowed per game. They also were first in terms of fewest free opponents' free throws per game. This is, the Golden State so far this season has not been a team that beat themselves. They've been a very disciplined, they've been a very good, well-oiled machine, especially on offense, and the Grizzlies just absolutely disrupted any type of consistent flow for that offense. So a very encouraging win for the Grizzlies, not just the fact that they bounced back, but how they did it. Several different sources that coming into last night probably had had underwhelming starts to the season. Those were the reason why the Grizzlies were able to get this victory. And the fact that the Grizzlies now know that they have multiple ways in which they can find success, whether it be the offense for some stretches during the game or whether it be in their defense taking over for stretches of games, that is a great development for the Grizzlies, knowing that they can have both an offense and a defense that can perform at top 10 levels when they need to to win games. But obviously, the Grizzlies are going to need to consistently get that done, especially as they return home tomorrow night. And the schedule does not let up at all. Waiting on the Grizzlies will be Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry in the Miami Heat. We'll discuss that in just a moment. Before we do, though, having options is a great thing. As I just mentioned, the Grizzlies having different options that they can feature in order to win games is a great development after last night. But for you, if you love having options that could allow for you to have a daily diet that you can live with, a daily diet that can promote health, 
Built Bar should be a part of it. It's a great tasting protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's going to offer health benefits, but also an energy boost as well. Have it in the morning for breakfast. Have it in the afternoon as a snack. Potentially have it at lunch for you to be able to have something that can fill you up while also offering health benefits. And if you go to Built.com, that's where you'll find your options. Over 18 different flavors to choose from. And the thing is, is that not all flavors are for everybody. One person may like one taste, another person may like another, but all the tastes are great. And if you go to Built.com right now, you also can get 15% off your next order from Built Bar by using the promo code LOCKED15. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get your next order from Built Bar and make your day even better. Next week on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, we'll obviously discuss the Grizzlies game against the Miami Heat on Saturday night, as well as their games coming up against the Denver Nuggets, a back-to-back with the Denver Nuggets to start off November. All that, plus seeing how well some of the younger Grizzlies are doing, though Zaire Williams, Xavier Tillman, they're not getting big runs right now. They're starting to again show why they are such valued parts of the Grizzlies' depth. We'll discuss them and many of the younger Grizzlies on Monday's edition of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. But before we get to Monday, we obviously know that the Miami Heat are coming to town. And let's go back to last year. I believe that it was March 16th. It was in March at some point. I can't remember the exact date. But the Grizzlies overall were coming off um, a stretch in which they were starting the second half of the season. It was going to be a very congested part of the schedule due to the Grizzlies having to make up games from the first half of the season. And the Grizzlies were sputtering. They, their offense was not clicking at all. Um, injury. They were trying to get people back from injuries, though other people were starting to struggle because the grind of the season was starting to catch up with them a bit. But it was a game in which they won 89-88, to where John Morant scored the final bucket of the game against Jimmy Butler that really gave this team a source of confidence, that basically allowed for this team to have the confidence to stay afloat until they got through the tough part of their schedule in late March and when they really took off offensively in April. Well, tonight, the Miami Heat are back, and they do have some very good new parts to their to their roster. Kyle Lowry, obviously, um, and you know, it's re-signing Duncan Robinson. Tyler Hero has had a great start to the season, but the 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 tell of the tape is the same when it comes to the Miami Heat. They are still one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, as well as being one of the best coach teams in the NBA. Jimmy Butler's averaging over 23 points a night, though he's not shooting the ball well from three. He's getting his assists. He's getting his rebounds. Consistent source getting into the lane and being able to score. Tyler Hero has obviously improved his scoring, 21 points a night himself. And Duncan Robinson has been able to find some success as well scoring. Now, that he are not shooting the three like many had hoped they would. A big reason why the Heat fell off last year from their surprise title run in the 1920 season, a big reason why they fell off last year, their defense was still among the best in the league. It was their three-point shooting that suffered a bit. And so far this season, though they're three and one, or, or at least as of this recording, they, again, are struggling to shoot the three. However, they're not struggling when it comes to finding their shot inside the lane and also when it comes to defense. So a couple of keys for the Grizzlies in tomorrow night's game is going to keep on finding that offensive balance. The Heat are going to make life tough for John Moran. They absolutely are. That's going to be the point of emphasis for this Heat team. So for the Grizzlies, the key is to shift a bit from featuring the three so much. Again, the Grizzlies have averaged 49 
three-point attempts over the past two games. I would be surprised if they get that high in tomorrow night's game. Number one, it's likely going to be a slower-paced game. But number two, I do think that it's going to be of the utmost importance for the Grizzlies to consistently find the best high-percentage shot. And that may not always be outside, you know, beyond the arc. It may be through them finding balance, getting into the lane if the if the Miami Heat's defense extends out to prevent Bain and Melton and others from getting good looks from three, but also being able to pass the ball out if the lane is congested and Jaws having a tough time to get to the rim. Ball movement is going to be of the utmost importance as well as ball security for this Grizzlies offense to be able to find its success. But also, with this new, with, with the fact that the Grizzlies are coming off a game against Golden State, where it really was the defense that shined, it was the defense that made the big difference. The Grizzlies need to wa- ride that wave of momentum. They need to make sure that they're once again causing disruption. That was a big part of that victory back in March that I talked about a few minutes ago. It was the Grizzlies' ability to cause to cause disruption when it came to creating turnovers, when it came to getting out on the run, when it came to finding success in transition. If the Grizzlies can frequently put pressure on the Miami Heat defense because the Grizzlies are looking to score before the Heat's defense can get set, that is a development that certainly will play to the Grizzlies' advantage tomorrow night. And of course, another thing that stands out, the Grizzlies did a much better job in the second half last night of contesting three-point shots. Even though the Miami Heat are not that good at shooting the three right now with players such as Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, even Kyle Lowry and others, you cannot leave them open. And the Miami Heat are decent at moving the ball as well. They will be looking to balance out Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo in the lane with three-point shooting looks. If the Grizzlies are not going to contest threes, they could find it very hard to be able to win this game. But if they can contest threes, they should have a good chance of being able to create disruption beyond that by creating turnovers and just overall disruption to be able to win the game. So yes, the three-point shooting for the Grizzlies is certainly an encouraging sign. And you would love for the Grizzlies to once again make 13, 14, 15 threes on good accuracy. But they're playing against one of the better teams in the NBA right now when it comes to defending the three. So offensive balance, creating defensive disruption, and through that, getting out in transition to attack the basket, to attack, uh, to be aggressive offensively in a way that would allow for them to have many opportunities to try to score points before the Miami Heat's defense got set. I think that's what's really going to shine for the Grizzlies. Also, it would be great if either DeAnthony Melton or Jaron Jackson Jr. could step up and have a good shooting night to support John Morant and Desmond Bain to not only give the Grizzlies some offensive balance when it came to finding success in the lane as well as from three, but also to give them some depth, give them some reliable options if the initial point of attack, if the initial offensive scheme did not work, if the Grizzlies could have three or four options they can rely on when it came to finding offensive success, that's another really good way to be a defense as good as Miami. So it's going to be a tough task. It's probably going to be another defensive game, but the Grizzlies certainly have to feel much more confident going into this game now than they did even 48 hours ago, 48 hours ago with how well the defense did last night against Golden State. The big reason why the Grizzlies can say they have a winning record and they now have this very tough West Coast road trip behind them. It obviously was a lot of fun seeing the Grizzlies play last night, especially with how well they came back. Once again, the Grizzlies prove they're one of the most fun teams to watch in the NBA. It's going to be great with 
eight of the Grizzlies' next 10 games at home. It's going to be great to see them at the FedEx Forum playing this style of basketball more often. And we tell you to keep it here, right here. Find me at StatsSCC on Twitter, the show at Locked on Grizz on Twitter, the show on here at YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below, and obviously the podcast wherever they're available. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go Grizzlies. Hopefully we'll have another win to talk about on Monday after this weekend's game against the Miami Heat, getting prepared for a back-to-back game, for back-to-back games against the Denver Nuggets. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.